Hey there, I'm Elon Miller, co-founder of Glimpse, and you are listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy Podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. It's my job to bring you inspiring guests and uh, really just try and help you make your decision with what you're doing with your life. I would love it if you as, uh, became an app entrepreneur. Maybe you're already an app entrepreneur, but uh, it's a wonderful life. There's loads of things to talk about. We've got a great guest. Uh, actually, we have a very uh, shared experience, uh, me and this next guest, because both of us uh, were in the kind of, you know, banking, finance, and boring nine to fives. And then we both uh, left to set up our, our various things. Uh, I'm going to introduce uh, Patrice Archer. He is uh, in the UK. He's uh, actually uh, the entrepreneur behind Appy Ventures and App Video Machine. You can go and check all that stuff out at theappguy.co on his show notes. Uh, Patrice, it's a, a warm welcome to you on the App Guy podcast. Thank you very much, Paul. Good to be here. Oh, it's great. Well, first of all, I have to say, and we've got this shared experience. I'd love to know that point of your life where you were on, you know, your salary, you're working uh, in banking on a very, you had a very stable future, and then you threw it all away to become, you know, this app entrepreneur. Tell us about that story. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, so I started banking uh, 2003, I guess, in in the good old days. And uh, when I graduated from uni, it was almost the only career you could have in the UK if you wanted to progress and and make money, uh, which I think as a as a younger man, that's what I thought it was all about, make money. Um, and I did that for, for about five years before I realized, my goodness, I, I really, really don't like this. Um, uh, I, I'm working very hard. It was a financial crisis and maybe the financial rewards were not there. But also that's when I discovered the four-hour work week. And I could have people, Tim Ferriss, uh, it's very influential. And, and I started doing side ventures, uh, side gigs. So I, uh, I created a, a range of 10 through polo shirts, uh, which got lots of press, very, very random. I did a Kickstarter project. I started getting into internet uh, and, and various startups, so helping them on the side of my job um, because I wasn't quite ready to, to let go. And, uh, and I guess I wanted to learn as much as possible. And in 2011, so I've basically been doing entrepreneurial stuff for about four years, I had my first child. Uh, so my wife had our first child, I should probably phrase it as. And um, I guess that's when I had that sort of like, life's too short moment. Um, I was very well paid doing high-yield bond sales at the end. Um, very aggressive environment. I was in the office at 7 and yeah, not home before 7 or 8 and ne- never seen my first kid which sat very badly with me. So I, I quit um, with the support of my wife, and we cut our costs, moved in with the in-laws um, in a tiny little middle-of-the-countryside British village. And um, I, I, didn't, I didn't actually know what I wanted to do. Uh, I didn't know too much about apps. Uh, and I just thought, okay, I'll just figure it out. Yeah, you got to back yourself. When you know the time's right for you to leave a job if you're not happy with it, you just go and do that. So I try various things and uh, one of my passions is the, the paleo diet, uh, so nutrition, health and, and diet generally. Um, so I thought, okay, when I make a nap about that, <laughs> as you do, <laughs> um, and you get the lessons. <laughs> but I think the only way to learn is by doing and and three years later pretty much, um, I'm still here, still doing apps. 
Well, first of all, congratulations. And actually, this is a real pinnacle moment for me personally, because uh, we didn't know each other prior to this. And, and it literally is like talking to myself here, because uh, I set up this podcast, Patrice, to meet people like you, because I felt some part of my journey, I was like making a mistake, giving up so much money. I still think back to it. But it almost, uh, you know, if you track like my uh money and how much I was earning. And then if you were to chart the happiness, like the two were completely uncorrelated, you know, the more money would come in, uh, the lower the happiness became. And uh, and I just thought, you know, I had the support of my wife when we had the kids and that. And But it was nice that, you know, I, I managed to do it. And just meeting you going through this journey uh, and that, that just to know that there's other people that feel the same way, very inspirational. There, there definitely is. And I think it's, it's a good sort of correlation which does not exist but I guess the way I look at it is happiness in a job is, is partially driven by other people and you know the money you will earn is I'm guessing almost capped uh, depending what kind of jobs you do but also your happiness will be dependent on other people and again I'm guessing almost capped and you get higher fluctuations due to your boss you know being annoying or one day you get a big sale or bonus whereas now um, it's like the the happiness is uncapped. That that sounds massively cheesy, but uh, yeah, I'm my own boss, so the amount of money I earn is yeah, and it's yeah, I'm working very hard, but I love what I'm doing. But yeah, that that fluctuates maybe more, but it's come back now to almost the level I was in banking. Yeah, three years later, so it's only not an easy road. But the happiness level, it's like it made um, it doubled straight away and then it fluctuates around that level if you see what i mean yes i know absolutely so uh, you know this is wonderful uh, if i was uh, in banking right now if i was literally living my life uh, of five six years ago and listening to this i'd probably leave <laughs> and so i'm hoping that people are getting inspired by our conversation and uh, i'd love to know then you, you know you've obviously had a successful journey in apps uh, you started off with the the paleo diet app Tell, talk us through like that that journey and what you learned building that app. Yes, uh, that's a good question. So the first app I built was the Primal Paleo. Uh, that was a long time ago. And when I look at it now, I'm like, oh my God, how many mistakes, how many things. I did the typical thing of going on Elance and uh, chancing my arm at trying to find some developers, put a job up and, and 40 to 50 respond. And... Um, and then you go on a journey to try and find the correct one, and uh, it's hit and miss. I was actually really lucky. The people I met then, it was two brothers, and uh, three years later, they are my developers, but they have uh, 20 members of staff. They effectively work for me, so it's incredibly lucky, I guess. The, um, I guess the more for people is um, Elance and Odesk are great places, but do some research on how to recruit people. Um, tips and tricks to make sure you don't uh, you don't get ripped off because that's the quickest way in and out of the the app industry. Having a really bad experience of that, um, but yeah. So I started off with that. Um, got some developers, did the designs myself, spoke to various people, and and you know what? Just just hustled to uh, to try and get an app out. And a couple of months later, I had an app out and uh, did all the reading up about how to do the press release, the launches, etc. And to my astonishment, we managed to get to, I think it was number five on the health and fitness in, in the App Store um, uh, over Christmas, which I, I was baffled by. 
uh, but it was only in the UK <laughs> as I came to real life. <laughs> That's okay. Take the screenshot and put that up on your wall because that is a massive uh, achievement. <laughs> it, it felt good at the time, and that kind of sort of made me realize, okay, this is possible. This is doable. And I guess the next step I took then was finding out, okay, who else across the world is doing this? Because I, I didn't know anybody else making apps uh, in my group of friends. And, um, and I started something called the Mobile 10X Mastermind Group, which I've since uh, unfortunately had to shut down in terms of, of, of the time it takes. But in that community, I met a lot of very, very interesting people. And, and I strongly recommend to anybody listening, uh, if you don't know anyone or if you don't know anyone at the right level, of experience and skill, etc., that you can learn from. Find a mastermind. Join a mastermind. Uh, there's a few communities out there, and it's it's incredibly helpful to talk to people week in, week out, and be made accountable to your own goals. You know, you choose what goals you want to achieve, and those guys around you and girls will will help you achieve them. Yeah, it's always a little bit of a, a double-edged sword for people because on the one hand, we don't want to try and recreate, you know, what we left, which is a job that has burdens, has... But inevitably, there there is going to be, I guess, an element of uh, responsibility that we have to take, you know, we have to commit to our clients, we have to commit to the projects, we have to... Uh, it, and also, I, I kind of miss, in a way, the, uh, the, the meeting... At, uh, you know in an office and having those chats by the uh, <laughs> the coffee machine and yeah 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 so it, masterminds are a great opportunity to relive that i guess it, it is and it's a question of yeah talking to other people um there's tons of you know various quotes etc i don't know how you phrase them but yeah in many ways if you're the if you're the smartest guy in the room you're in the wrong room uh, and you're probably the factor of this of the six people that you interact with the most. And if in your immediate vicinity or your friends, your historical friends, um, you were just saying before how you don't have many friends left from the finance world, and frankly, nor do I. Yeah, if you don't have in your network the right people um, that can help push you forward, then you need to go and find them. And it's it's different from the office because you're choosing them. If you don't get on with them, well. You build some other relationships, and I've been very lucky with the people I've met uh, through masterminds who bizarrely have become my virtual friends. <laughs> we hang out every week. We have a great time. Yeah, yeah. actually, that's one of the mistakes I made early on is that I did not connect with the right people. I ended up joining local business networking groups and hanging around business people that just weren't you know, in, in my industry or didn't have my... Uh, you know same uh, purpose and and it's only since actually starting the podcast a year and a half ago now that I really started to massively increase my network uh, Mm -hmm. for the right people the people I want to hang around with so I'd highly recommend people you know adopt this online world of uh, getting to network uh, virtually uh, because then you meet the right people uh, that can help your business Uh, how did so then you you've got the um, you know the team developers and you started an app agency as well. Is, it, is, is that the next transition in your story? Yeah, it, it's um, so. If you're an app publisher as such, um, be, yeah. As soon as I say to people, "Hey, I do," you know, what do you do, Patrice? Oh, I I make apps, and uh, they're like, "Oh my god, I've got an app idea," which is roughly every single person you speak with um, has an app idea. Uh, some of varying qualities and, and sometimes you have to be quite honest and say it's been done or like you'll never make any money from that. Um, but I I just kept getting asked, you know, could, could you help me do that, that app? And I 
I started doing more and more of that, if you will. So I've got a portfolio of my own apps, uh, which I've got a bit of angel investment behind me as well to build that portfolio. A bit of a, you know, reduce the risk instead of creating one one app and risking everything, create 20 apps and hope that uh, maybe a couple of them will, will make it uh, kind of strategy. But I've also started developing this, this uh, app agency, if you will, and I really want to focus on people with an idea, with an idea, taking them from idea through to a an interactive prototype, to either do fundraising or, or get internal buy-in if it's a company, and then uh, help them with their fundraising, uh, build the app, and then help them with their launch and their launch strategy. And that that's a space I really really enjoy because you get to meet uh, app entrepreneurs and take them from the initial, I've got this idea to, okay, how do you make it addictive? How do you make it viral? And how do you monetize your app idea? How do you create the business out of this app? And uh, I'm pleased to say last year, one of the businesses we did it with was a finalist at the Appsters. I don't know if you heard the Appsters, but it's, um, it's an international competition uh, for apps, for the, uh, for the best new startup, apparently, app startup. Which I'm very proud of that. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll actually put a link on the in the show notes on that. Uh, and uh, and so actually, one of the things I get asked quite a lot, and I was asked recently, is about uh, raising money uh, investors. Uh, how did you get your investors for your apps? Uh, you know, like the portfolio of apps that you've built. How did you go about that? It's a good question, and I'm going to give an answer which your your listeners were like, oh, "Yeah, I could probably not do that." Um, I went to networking events. <laughs> Uh, it's not something I really wanted to do, but I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to people uh, and get some of the places where they go to. And uh, I was very fortunate to to speak to a gentleman who said, look, you know what, that sounds much more exciting than my job. Um, I, I'd love to invest so I can be part of your, your journey, if you will. But I think for most people, I guess the punchline, the takeaway is, uh, if you want to get investment, you've got to talk to a lot of people. Uh, just... Yeah, get on the phone, go meet people face to face. And uh, I believe in serendipity, which is probably, again, a very cheesy thing to say, but if you go and talk to people, things happen. Uh, you have to get away from your computer and go and meet them face to face and ask questions. A wonderful piece of advice. So let me get this straight then. You met somebody in a networking event, and uh, what happened is they decided to leave whatever they were doing to pursue an opportunity with you and use their own uh, money savings to invest in your app and, and in, I guess what have a share of the equity in the app so yeah absolutely they have a share within the, the business so I created a separate limited company uh, they didn't have to leave their job as they are <laughs> very wealthy we'll say and they're CEO of a big um, insurance company and uh, so from their perspective it was taking a reasonably small punt from their side but a meaningful number for me that I could, you know, pay myself and live and, and build, uh, build those apps because it's definitely an element of, yeah, if you're going to invest, say, I don't know, $10,000 into building an app business, which in many ways, anybody thinking about jumping from their current job to, to creating a, an app business, you've got to think about your, your runway. So how much money have I got to live on? Can I spend I'm going to say ideally 12 months living from my savings and investing into um, building apps or so the development and the UI, the UX, all that side. If you don't have that, then go and get something, or maybe cut costs to so go and live in Indonesia and have a fantastic time and live with $1,000 a month. 
or or raise some investment. I think a lot of people maybe don't think I said the box with that. Going to live in Indonesia or Thailand on, on peanuts will make your, your savings go a lot further. So you got more money to invest in into your your app business. And I personally think you need twelve months working hard at it to stop making a dent and, and see some some proper returns. Yeah, this, this is a, a podcast that likes to try and be as genuine and, and honest with people as possible. And, you know, we're trying to avoid that kind of mentality where there's a shiny red button out there and you just press that button several times and it will, the money will start flowing in. So it's a realization that it's going to take a long time. You have to, you just have to walk the walk. You, you can't sometimes read about this. You have to do it yourself and find your own path. And uh, that, that's what pretty much what you're, uh, I guess, talking about there. Mm. So well, this is really amazing. So I have to ask you, what networking event was that you were uh, going to? Oh, God, I don't even remember. Um, you, you can find a bunch in, I think, uh, meet, uh, meetups. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. This was, uh, I've got a friend in Venture Capital, and they were throwing an event. So yeah, my old network within the banking industry, I used to finance private equity deals and, and VC as well. You, you sort of end up, yeah, you, you can use your network to find the right people. Yeah, and I, you know, it's, you're literally one of the first people on the, on the guests on the show to almost talk about networking with high uh, worth individuals as a potential uh, source of uh, revenue for you. Uh, of course, like I, in my old job, I used to uh, have the company pay $50,000, I think it was, a year to, to be part of a conference, where, which would I would get to, uh, I would attend it twice a year. But I mean, the people there were, you know, the people you needed to be networking with, and, and that's what propelled our business. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I guess I don't want to spend that money uh, on uh, when you're working for yourself but that you you've got to hustle you've got to find a way and and um you know linkedin is a great tool i think there's some people that you want to meet a lot of the time i find certainly uh, maybe a linkedin tart but i just go around trying to find the right people and find who knows them get the intro and and see people people are often interested to talk to you and to talk about things the, the other avenue that, that maybe is interesting, if asking for investment is, is scary, the, the side benefit, which I didn't think about when I got, got this investment, is the network that my investor has is incredible because he's operating at that level. That, yeah, exactly what you said, you know, you've got to go to that conference, all these people, the people you want to meet. Well, he knows them because he's the guy that goes to these conferences. Um, so in itself, what I've realized is B2C apps, so say games or you know, trying to sell too many to the consumer, it is a tricky market. There's no doubt about that. But there's a lot of B2B opportunities, uh, so building apps for businesses which help them solve a problem. Those are really, it's a lot less mature business, and I'm, I'm seeing a lot of opportunities, which I'm, I'm actioning at the moment. And that was actually having an investor who is living in these spaces and can introduce you to the right people is very helpful. So maybe don't go in asking for the check. Maybe say, I've got this idea for your sector and um, I'd love you to be part of this business. Let's do a 50-50. Bam, off you go. Yeah, that's what what I'm learning from you is it's, it's almost a, a good avenue to go and try and network with people who uh, perhaps are not in the app world, but we forget that how excited people get talking about apps and, and being disruptive and and then potentially 
using that that almost co-founder joint venture equity partner to use their network and uh, leverage the the, the the people that they know to help propel your business. So uh, w- wonderful uh, e- educational stuff here. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it's educational, but the, the one final thing I'll say, if, if people don't uh, are still on the fence about their concept is instead of trying to create an app and then going to market it, so trying to find the people who want to buy it, if you flip it around and, and you start with the, the people who want to buy it, so in this case, um, a business uh, that has the specific need but doesn't have the solution. So you've got the sort of like a highway of clients there and you plug in your solution there. So instead of creating the solution and trying to look for the clients, find the clients and then create the solution for them. Yeah, much so much less risk as well. <laughs> you know, many of the, the, the guests that we've had on this show, one or two of them have lost a bit of money on um, developing apps that, you know, eventually have gone nowhere. So... Uh, that that pre-validation is incredibly important. Uh, so there's two things. Sorry, Patrice. There's two things we need to do before we say goodbye to you on this uh, show. Uh, one is that we love to try and give the audience uh, the apps to try, but listen, uh, an idea for an app, a new idea. Uh, so we ask our guests, uh, you know, if you have an app idea, you're prepared to share with us. If you do, that's great. If you don't, or, or you want to keep it um, below the radar, then we have another way of fleshing out potential ideas from you. So do you have an app idea? Uh, uh, tons. I've got about 42. I've got way too many app ideas. And, and I'm actually always happy to um, to share ideas. I think generally one sector people are should be looking at more is around the affiliate side. So creating, if you have a website, for example, that's relying on content uh, marketing, so content strategy to drive uh, users to it, replicating that within within apps and, and having affiliate links and is is proving interesting we'll say so not many people think about that it's kind of normally in-app purchases or, or paid apps uh, or advertising i think the affiliate revenue uh, especially i think it's clickbank have got a mobile responsive um, affiliate offer pages that that's something that could be quite attractive yeah, actually, there's a wonderful idea there because, uh, first of all, I've put uh, ClickBank offers in apps and I uh, haven't found that successful. But what I'm almost thinking of, is I did actually use once this service called Skim Links uh, on a website. And so what they do is they skim all your content uh, on the website and then they insert uh, affiliate links where they can see relevant words. So wherever you talk about iPhone, they could do an affiliate link to an Amazon you know, purchase of an iPhone. And it just takes all away the pain. But there's nothing like that in the app world. So a skim links for apps. That's what we need. There you skim go. Apps and build in as, uh, so give value to the user, but make sure you try and capture email addresses. So this is going back to internet marketing best practices, but get the email addresses and add value. So they want to go into the app and go back in. So re-engage with some push notifications. Uh, and add some of these skim links. Great. There you go. We have a we have a good idea there. <laughs> well, we always <laughs> like to flesh out new ideas for the show, and uh, you know, it's, uh, just to help the audience um, come come out with uh, potential ideas. So the other thing is that I know that you've got your phone close to you, and so uh, what we like to do is try and find one or two apps that you use uh, in your business or your personal life that you could recommend to us. Maybe one or two that you use that you think we may not have come across before. You know, rather than the the big usual ones. 
let's see. Um, I I really enjoy using the Mailbox app. So that's an email app which enables you to sort of instead of uh, being um, uh, I guess uh, your life being led by emails. So the emails make you react to them. You can choose when to act on the emails. So you have the ability to send messages that come in and say, look, come back tomorrow at this time. I don't want to deal with you now. I'll deal with you then. So you can be a lot more strict and you can batch your activities, which is a great way to maximize your productivity. Another really good one I found is Blinkist. Which oh, is, I love that. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Uh, no, but I, I'm yet to purchase the um, the subscription, <laughs> but uh, I've been using the free trial in, uh, on holiday. And So, so yeah. you've purchased the subscription, have you, for uh, the year? I'm about to, they just hit me with five days free. Um, but I, I think, you know, well, it, once in a while you come across an app like that and you're like, it, it's completely worth it. Yeah, just for the uh, benefit of the Appster tribe, I have been using this. It's Blinklist and it's, uh, or Blinkist, uh, and it summarizes books, doesn't it? Within a, f- You can read them within 15 minutes and get the gist of the book. Uh, and they do audio as well. So, you know, all those, like the four-hour work week, which ironically I've never read. <laughs> I need to go into Blinkist and uh, and read that within 15 minutes and just get like a flavor of what the, the main points are about. Yeah, and... That's uh, only what I found. Uh, there's another. Uh, there's a website called Actionable Summaries, uh, which does a similar concept, but it's probably more like two pages of A4. But what I've really found is a lot of the books I started reading uh, after about 50 pages. I'm like, okay, I've, I've got the concept, and now you're just reiterating it again and again with examples, which is great. But yeah, I've got two very small kids. Uh, I'm running three businesses. I don't have time to, <laughs> to spend reading the entire book. So Blinkist and Actionable Summaries are all two great things uh, you can use. Patrice, you have been a wonderful guest. I've really enjoyed going through your journey. I mean, before we say goodbye, is there any uh, anything we've forgotten to uh, talk about, mention about your story that you feel that we should have uh, touched upon? Uh, the only thing I wanted to, to mention as far as um, any sort of existing app publisher is one of the we created a service called App Video Machine to do preview videos. And it, it's something I'd love to hear more from people, what they're doing about their preview videos. And if they found it useful, we, we've got um, some analysis which shows that it helps getting featured by Apple. It also helps in terms of uh, if your ASO works and people find your, your page, your, your app on the App Store. We find it helps maximize conversion rates, and I'd love to hear uh, anecdotal evidence because Apple doesn't let us have stats as yet as to other people's experiences on that. But we found for our clients, it's been very, very useful. So if anybody's got questions on preview videos, we have a very useful uh, downloadable uh, PDF, 28 pages worth of best practices, do's and don'ts and examples. Yeah, because uh, just on that, I mean, we will ask for your uh, contact information right at the end. Uh, just wondering, though, on the uh, preview videos, uh, so I heard something that maybe Apple have built into their algorithm, uh, the fact that have you got a preview video or not? And if you haven't, then that uh, will, uh, I guess, make it harder to uh, climb up the charts. They, they, I think they penalize you for not having an app preview video. Is that something you've come across? Yeah, I've got a I've got a lovely team that works on this project. Now I challenged them recently to sort of track daily the um, the featured apps and the uh, the sort of the top one hundred 
Now, there's a slight difficulty in as far as the top 100 tend to be people with lots of money and, and there's a belief that having a preview video is more expensive, so uh, though we do them for $200, you'd be pleased to know, 197 uh, But what we found uh, anecdotally is actually uh, you, hire, you have a higher propensity of being featured if you have a preview video, so that's varied from 80% of preview, uh, featured apps had a preview video down to 55, I think was the lowest uh, one week. And uh, what what we think is that yeah, Apple are very, very clever people. They, they don't do search like Google. Yeah, Google is a search company after all. But they are looking at ways to improve the ranking system uh, within the App Store. And any data points is, is something they will be drawing on. So you have a preview video, yes or no, that, that's a positive. How long do people watch that preview video for? I.e., is it a good preview video? But they watch it all the way through. Okay, that probably is a positive sign as well. So I personally think they would be crazy not to use that kind of data as part of the algorithm. Ah, see, there you go. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking about getting one, uh, just a cheap preview video up there just to kind of game the system, then don't do that because um, yeah, you're right. They probably will see that not many people will watch through uh, it actually so. hurts your downloads. Now we've <laughs> that, that was one of the things that um, I, I know a lot of app developers and we, we talk quite a lot and some people are saying, look, it's a lovely service, great, and yeah, good quality videos, but why would I want to spend yeah, close to $200? I said to them, you probably spent what, three, four, five thousand dollars $5,000 building the app, but people will not download it because if you think about the conversion funnel, people get to the preview video, which is now more important than screenshots, it's sitting right at the front and it's what people want to see. And if it's a crap preview video, it will put them off. It's as simple as that. Whereas if it's a good one, they will they will a lot more likely to download it. It's um it's the way people make decisions nowadays, uh, on the app store, I, I believe. Yeah, pretty obvious, you know, because video is it. So how do we best get in touch with you, Patrice? How best to reach out and connect? Uh probably Twitter, um, at uh, Patrice underscore Archer. Uh, otherwise, if you go to appvideomachine.com, which is our preview videos business, there's a contact sheet at the bottom. And I'd love to hear from people with thoughts and questions and any comments. Great. Well, Patrice, wonderful to speak to you. Uh, I've had a, a thoroughly enjoyable time, you know, meeting someone that is almost like a possibly a clone of me from, you know, a, <laughs> a more successful clone. So thank you very much for coming on the show and, uh, and sharing your story and all the best for everything you're doing. Thank you very much, guys.